0: Welcome to the Mosh Zone, episode 20, week 20, volume 20, number 20. Great show this week, a lot going on, a lot of ground to cover. So, what are we up to this week? Well, we've got all the Mosh news, we've got Mosh reviews, and of course, we have the Mosh interview. This week, I got to sit down with Bobak of Justice for the Damned, all of that coming up later in the show first up this week is mosh news now as i've said previously on some weeks it's been a slow week well fuck me it has definitely been a slow week this week really nothing to report we did get some news And that was that the mighty black metal legends themselves, Demu Bouguer, will be touring Australia and New Zealand in October. The tour will be kicking off October 14th in Auckland. Then it's touching down in Melbourne on October the 17th. Then it smashes through Brisbane on October the 19th. And then wraps things up in Sydney on October the 21st. Tickets are on sale now. And, if I've got to be honest, it doesn't really feel like an Australian tour, does it? I mean, or a New Zealand tour. You're only playing four shows. I know Adelaide fans won't be happy. I know Wellington fans won't be happy in New Zealand. And I also know Perth fans won't be happy. But at least we are getting Dimu back in Australia. All the ticketing information and event information is on our website and social medias. Other news this week was Devil Driver and the guests of their upcoming album have made a behind the scenes video really discussing in length about them approaching this project and being on the project. The project that they're on and that I'm referring to is the upcoming covers album called Outlaws Till the End. It's the one where Devil Driver have decided to go country So, it is heavy metal covers of country music songs. Yes, apparently that is what Devil Driver are doing. So, it's going to be really interesting to review it and have a listen to it uh, in the next coming weeks. But, it is very all-star with the guest appearances. We've got Randy from Lamb of God. We've got Wednesday 13. We've got Brock of 36 Crazy Fists. We've got Burton of Fear Factory, just to name a few. That video and all information on that album is on our website and social medias. An absolute massive fucking music video got released this week from Canadian hardcore boys get the shot. The music video is for their song called Faith Reaper which comes off their 2017 album called Infinite Punishment. Fucking vicious song. One of the standout songs on that album and it's so good. That video clip. Oh, just vicious. One of those live settings video clips that gives you energy and gives you goosebumps and just makes you want to get in a fucking pit. Sick clip, boys. Sick fucking clip. That video clip and all the details are on our website and social medias. Other big things this week, which there wasn't many left to cover. We had a new Berry Tomorrow song called Knife of Gold. Oh, fucking loving it. It is fucking. Fuck yes, all over it. Metalcore, definitely. Um, They're not really branching very far from what they do, but it feels heavier. It feels more aggressive, but then it feels catchier, groovier. Really good song. That song is on our website and social medias, and you can find it online as well. That is from their upcoming album called Black Flame, which I can't wait to get my hands on. Can't wait for my pre-order to arrive, and of course... If you want to get into any of that, it is on our website and social medias. Last bit of news this week was the Fit For A King guys released their first single from their upcoming album, and the song is called Tower Of Pain. Now, I'm a Fit For A King fan. I loved their last album, Death Grip, so this song I went in with quite a bit of expectation. And to be honest... I don't really know, I don't think there's much there It doesn't really stand out Didn't really smash me around with excitement Hopefully this isn't the uh, outstanding song off the album The album is coming out soon Don't really know any other information about the album Unfortunately we don't know the title yet We don't know the release date yet All of that will be coming soon But if you want to hear that song Tower of Pain It's on our website and social medias Now, of course, if you want to stay up to date with all of our Mosh news, you can subscribe to our website, which is www.themoshzone.com. You can get on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which are all at The Mosh Zone. Make sure you're liking and following and subscribing so you can stay up to date when we keep you up to date. And that is it for Mosh News. So... Time for Mosh Reviews. Now, as we started last week, we started a new system of reviewing here where we're going to kind of streamline things a bit. Make it a bit easier for you to digest. Kind of give it to you on a plate very simply of is it good or bad? Is it worth your time? Give you a score still and then kind of leave it to you to kind of decide if you want to waste your time or not. If it's worth your time or not. And if it's really worth the investment of money or not. So no further ado, let's get into the reviews. First up this week is the new album by Jonathan Davis called Black Labyrinth. Out now on Sumerian Records. Now this is Jonathan Davis's debut solo album. Now everyone knows or should know who Jonathan Davis is. He is the lead singer of Korn. Korn, of course, are that band or one of those few bands that when you mention new metal, you automatically think and go to the thought of Korn. Well, Jonathan Davis has decided after 10 years of putting this together to finally release a debut solo album, and it's called Black Labyrinth. What are you getting here? Well, you're getting 13 tracks, which is not a bad amount it's decent but what are you getting musically what are you getting lyrically well musically you're getting corn there's nothing different here there is the occasional different sounds like indian music influences there's sitars there's some weird chanting music musically it's just it's pretty bland there's nothing outstanding here if you really are wanting to hear a corn album Go listen to Corn. I don't think you need to waste your time with this. Lyrically, what are you getting? You're getting Jonathan Davis. It's all of that usual, woe is me, I hate my life. Uh, pity, 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 boring, boring, boring. Nothing new here. You'd think Jonathan might, with a debut solo album, kind of branch out a bit, maybe sing about something else. But clearly there's not a lot going on for Jonathan, creative-wise. It's just the same shit, different day, different album. It felt very repetitive. Nothing stood out. The singles he dropped beforehand didn't stand out, and they kind of just all mishmashed together. Is this album worth your time? Well, I don't think it was worth 10 years in wait. If this was released in 2008, maybe people would have really grasped onto it. Now, I'll be really surprised if people are into this. Because if you're into this, fuck, Reevaluate. Like, shit, this is so wasteful. I listened to this three times this week and fuck my life. Fucking hell, it was painful. You sometimes get into albums that aren't great, but you still don't mind listening to them. You're still hoping and searching. Went into this, and after a few songs, I went, fuck, shit, constantly looking at the time. Oh, shit. I do not recommend this. I'd be very surprised if anyone would recommend this. This album is for corn fans. That's pretty much it. Maybe new metal fans in some ways. This album I am talking about is Black Labyrinth, it is by Jonathan Davis, it is out now on Sumerian Records, and I give it a very painful 1 out of 10. Next album up for review is the new album by Dream On Dreamer called It Comes and Goes, out now independently. Dream On Dreamer are from Melbourne, Australia, and they're one of those bands that kind of played a line between metalcore and emo for a lot of their career now coming into this album they're saying that they're rebranding themselves and changing things up Uh, a lot of their promo is saying that they're going under the bracket of just dreamer now and the music that they're going for they're saying is very different now yes it is different it is different but is it good mmm, friends, I don't think it's good, no, it wishes it was the plot in you, it wishes it was bring me the horizon, and to use one of the titles of one of the songs, it drags you down, it's, oh god, I understand that emo and very emotional lyrical content is popular, and obviously will connect with a lot of people and help them through hard times i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but 10 tracks of the same whining shit the same monotone storylines of oh my life shit oh, you don't love me Meh. really just made me feel shit i after listening to it i was like uh i need a fucking shower you don't feel happy after listening to this Some bands can do this lyrically, but they make you feel uplifted. They make you feel better. This actually made me feel bad. I wasn't even feeling bad before I put it on, but suddenly after I've listened to it, I'm like, fuck, I feel like shit. Oh, It is painful, and that's really bad to say, but it's really honest as well. This is a painful album. This album will be popular with teenage kids and American pop music because it's got a very pop sensibility to it there's not anything heavy on this there's no real riffage on this there's no real resemblance of the bands past on this now i understand bands want to change and rebrand and try something different but sometimes that's gonna work sometimes it won't in dream on dreamers case it doesn't work this album is painful Oh, I can't say that enough. The other thing about this is every song blends into the next. So nothing really stands out. You kind of just, you're rolling through the motions. Next song, mm, next song. Oh, is that even a next song? You get that feeling. Sometimes you don't even notice that track two is now track three because it sounds the same. It just rolls into the same shit. Unfortunately, that is two albums in a row that have been painful And unfortunately, it's another painful score. The album I am talking about is It Comes and Goes. It is by Dream on Dreamer. And unfortunately, it's 1 out of 10. Next up for review is the debut EP by Caged Existence called The Body Prison. Now, I went into this, not really sure what I was going to get into, but thank fuck I put this on. After the pain and misery of the last two albums, we've actually got something that is worth your time. Caged Existence are from Melbourne, Australia. It is female-fronted hardcore, chaotic hardcore, -hardcore. post-hardcore. They're a band that hit you with five tracks here, and it's dirty-sounding, it's hard as fuck, it's heavy, it's crushing... And it really grinds your bones into powder. It's also very refreshing in the Australian scene to have bands like Caged Existence coming along and delivering such an astonishing EP. There's so much potential in this band. This EP, like I said, is five tracks and only one of those songs goes longer than three minutes. It's so abrasive and in-your-face, and what they do is they get their point across straight away. They don't overextend their welcome, and they leave that song and roll on to the next. This band should hopefully have a lot of backing. They're a band that will bring more people to the scene, and they're a band that, if given the right opportunities, can go places. This should be a band that we are talking about next year when they release a debut album and be like, these are the guys to back. I think Caged Existence have a lot of potential here. The EP is not quite 100%. It is a bit rough around the edges, but I think that's what they're going for, so it works in their favour. I really, really, really enjoy this. I really, really recommend this. I, I really think... Caged Existence should be one of your must-listen-to hardcore bands. The EP I am talking about is The Body Prison. It is out now by Caged Existence. It is out independently. You can find it on Bandcamp and all of those services. And we do score it an 8 out of 10. Next up for review is the new EP, or the debut EP that is, by Pressure Cracks, which is self-titled. Now, Pressure Cracks are a band that have come to everyone's attention because the singer of this band is Jason Butler of Let Live and The Fever 333. Other members of this band come from bands like Scars of Tomorrow and these kind of metalcore throwback bands. Pressure Cracks play hardcore simply it's a hardcore punk sound there is nothing refreshing on this it is well done it is well executed but they're not reinventing the wheel the other thing about this is it also it's not very special we've heard this before by a million other bands this year last year year before that there's nothing new i think the reason this band has been getting any attention at all and anyone will admit it It is because Butler of Let Live and Fever 333 is the singer of this band. Wherever he goes, he seems to bring a lot of attention to it. So naturally, because he's in this band, it's brought a lot of attention to it. It is good. It's not bad. It's not bad in any sense. But it's not outstanding and it's not breaking the mold It is also good, though, to hear Butler back to screaming instead of this rappy hip-hop thing that I know he loves to do and is his passion that he does in the Fever 333. So it was good to hear that on Pressure Cracks. But apart from that, there's not really much else to say. It's four songs. It's over pretty quick. I don't think it's got repeatability. I think it'll be interesting to see if this band even does an album. The EP I am talking about is Pressure Cracks. It is by Pressure Cracks. It is out now independently. And we give it a 6.5 out of 10. Last album up for review this week is the new album by Ghost called Prequel. Out now. Ghost, of course, are that band that... Whether you like them or not, you know who they are. A lot of people say that the music doesn't quite stand up to the imagery. Their imagery, of course, is that very satanic looking priest with a bunch of nameless ghouls behind him. Some people say that they are only known because of that gimmick or image they portray. They've been a band that have always had the backing of bands like Metallica and Gojira and Mastodon. And this album prequel is their fourth album and this is Ghost's chance to really hit the big time. So what are we in for on this album? You're in for a very 80s sounding rock and roll album. It's not very heavy, which I've got to say I was a bit disappointed about. Ghost have always had a little bit of edge to themselves. And it feels like on prequel they've kind of toned that down. They don't want that edge anymore because they're making a play for the big time on this album. There is some very, very, very good songs on this. Songs like Rats, Faith, See the Light, Dance Macabre, It's a Sin. There are some really catchy fucking songs on this. Outstanding jams. This is a band that are made for the big arenas. This is a big, grand-sounding album. But then on the negative side of this, some songs don't hit the mark. Some songs are just instrumentals. So overall, it's kind of... It sits in the middle for me. It's not as good as their previous stuff, but the songs that are good are just as good. So it kind of totes... It kind of sways on the rope here a bit of, uh, I'm not really sure. It is good. It's not outstanding. Is it bad? In spots, it is bad. But, hey, it's a ghost album. A lot of the ghost albums kind of feel like that. There is those songs on there that you go, whoa wow. But then the rest of the album, you're just like, mm, uh, I'm not sure about it. They're a band that will definitely pick a few songs out of this and then throw it into their live setting. Because I don't think we're going to see a lot of these songs in their live setting. This album will bring in new fans, which is what Ghost are aiming for. I think it will keep the majority of their fans. It might lose some fans, but I think this band are going places, definitely with this album. Another negative I have to say is in terms of the guitar tone and the guitar sound. they have always been a band that have that guitar sound that's very crunchy, very gritty. It's got a bite to it. That's gone. I There was no bite to the guitars, so they could have added that tone in there, and then it might have felt a bit heavier, but because they've taken that tone out on purpose, they want to feel more accessible, I felt it was lacking in places, it is good, Like don't get me wrong, it is good, it's just not... It's not outstanding. I think it sits in the middle of the pack of their discography. It's definitely not the best thing they've done. A lot of people are saying it is the best thing they've done, but some people are agreeing and saying, yeah, it's okay. And it is. It's okay. The album I'm talking about is prequel. It is by Ghost. It is out now. And I give it a 7.5 out of 10. So that's it for Mosh Reviews all over for this week. We went for the refreshed, streamlined approach again. And what did you think? Did you rate the way we've done reviews this week? Hope you enjoy this new way of doing reviews. I've got to say, it's a lot easier for me to do reviews this way. I get to actually enjoy putting together the review section. It was taking me hours upon hours and days to do reviews last time. Now it's a bit more enjoyable. And I hope it's more enjoyable for you to listen to. Of course, if there's an album you want us to review or we've missed and you think we should review it, hit us up with email, website, or social medias. Are you in a band and you've got an EP or an album coming out, shoot us an email, hit us up on the website, meet us on our social medias, and contact us. If you want to send us an email, of course, it is themoshzone at gmail.com. Our website, of course, is www.themoshzone.com. And our social medias were on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and all of those are at The Mosh Zone. So now it's time for the Mosh interview and this week I got to sit down with Bobak of Justice for the Damned. One of the hottest bands in Australia without a doubt. They're starting to branch out overseas and it was really good to get a chance to kind of delve into all about the man himself but also about the band Learned quite a bit in this chat. It was great, Bobak. Thank you for taking time out for the show. Really appreciated it. And that chat with Bobak is coming up now. Um, so first off, I mean, this is probably a simple question, but I don't know if you get a lot. So yes. you are called Bobak, right?
1: Bobak, but yes, yeah, correct.
0: Now, yep. but do I understand your birth name is Adrian. No, <laughs> no. Okay, so I'm no. confused here. So, what? Where'd the name come from? And what's your real name?
1: So, my real name is Bob Ack. Ah. And Adrian, um, was a joke. Like from maybe three, four years ago. Four? Maybe? Maybe even five. I don't remember. Like years and years and years ago, um, a friend had a show. I think I was seeing stories so far. First time I ever came to Australia, and um, a friend of mine cracked a joke that I look like Adrian from North Lane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and it, it literally it kind of stuck. Like, not the name, but the joke. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And even to this day, um, there was an article that came up about our wolf, a very good friends of ours, and um, saying that, like, Adrian could be, like, the new vocalist. Uh, I think I got tagged in that, like <laughs> I got sent or something. I like, came, like, just came up so many times, like the joke again. So, so yeah, that's that.
0: what's yeah. your what's your background? What's your nationality so I'm background?
1: I'm, I'm Iranian, Persian. My mum and dad are both 100. percent Wow. Both, like, Persian. So, Iran.
0: growing up, were you born overseas or did you? No, nah, no,
1: nah, I was born here.
0: Okay, and Sydney boy.
1: Yeah, yeah Sydney boy, St George.
0: So what age did you discover music? Like, what age did you start getting into music?
1: To be honest, when I was um, heaps young, really, really young, I was he- I was always into, like, rock bands. I thought guitars were cool. I liked skating. Like, it was kind of like a punk thing. I was into it. This is what- I'm talking about young, like, six, seven, eight. Like, if I saw, like, an ad on TV or something was on and, like, a dude was skating, like my eyes were just, like, playing straight at the tv that that's as far as i remember but my parents have videos of me like playing with like a like a baby toy guitar and stuff and and all that stuff and I and i got into it pretty young like i'm not i'm not gonna say got into it as in like started looking for a band or started singing or started playing it was just like i was just interested if that makes sense at yeah. a young age um and then and then was, it kind just of built up slowly. Like my, my first ever C D was uh, the Wolf Mother album. The first the self titled one.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was my first ever CD that I bought. I like saw Joker and the Thief, like on like you know every Saturday how they used to play the music videos. I forget what, what, what it was called. Was it Rage? Uh, no, it wasn't Rage, but it was it was the one after, it was a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more mediocre. Um, okay. I forget what it's called, but anyway, they had – um, they, they, I saw Joke and the Thief, and I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, it was <laughs> sick. Like, I was totally about it. And I was like, Mom, got to go, like, got to go get this album. And then I'm uh, pretty sure I bought it from Kmart, first of oh, all wow. Kmart, I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, that's that's um, a
0: fair place to start too.
1: Yeah. And then um,
0: and then what I brought think, you to Heavy?
1: Um, A friend of mine. Um, just linked me this one day. He's like, Oh, this is really cool band. Like they are called, um, escape the fate.
0: Okay. He sent, he sent
1: me a link. And, um, at first I never forget when I, when I first heard it, I was like, dude, screaming. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck, like, I don't know if I'm going to get into that man, but he was like, nah, it's see, you should listen to it. But before that, like in between the two, like my favorite band growing up was like, um, after Wolf Mother was panic at the disco.
0: Oh, nice! Okay.
1: Like the first first couple um, albums, and I, I was really really into it. I used to like play video games and just like sit there and listen to Phoebe Can't Sweat Out.
0: So is that are you trying to admit that you were an emo kid growing up then?
1: Yeah, I hundred percent was. Yeah, wow. Was definitely, yeah, yeah. Now 100%, yeah.
0: you wouldn't wouldn't think it now with what you're doing now.
1: and <laughs> no, I still rap it pretty hard. If someone asks, I'll tell them.
0: um so what where did you suddenly want to start you know screaming or singing what was the transition into that um
1: i actually a lot of people don't like this guy but i actually um after i kind of kind of going to escape the fate a little bit more i looked up like live videos Mm -hmm. and and when i was um when i was heaps young I i don't even know what age i was maybe i was young double digits, like 10, 11, 12, uh, I don't really remember. Um, I just saw a video of Ronnie Radke. Okay, yeah. I just thought he was doing the sickest shit ever. Like, I thought that was, like, the pinnacle of cool. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to do what he's doing. Is uh, That's distinctively what I remember telling myself. You know what I mean? And then ever since then, I was like, every time I was home alone, I'd, like, yell into a pillow, just <laughs> <to> start singing, <laughs> Use, like, a Guitar here Hero mic or something or, like, the remote control at home.
0: So, did you um, did you take lessons? Did you kind of... No, nah, I never did.
1: Wow. So... With I you... did, like, a lot of research, but I've, I have not taken lessons, no, and I've, I've done a lot of practice.
0: So, have you ever had the situation where, you know, you've lost your voice during a set? Oh, so
1: many times. Okay. So many times, like... But to me, it's, it's more of a learning curve. I've never damaged my voice. Like I've never come to the point where I've had like legit damage. If I lose my voice, it, it always comes back by the end of the day. Or if I just have a nap or go to sleep, wake up the next day, I'm usually fine. Um, but I've never I've never dam like I've never seriously done permanent damage. But your voice changes as you grow older. The more you use it. And then you, you eventually plateau slightly, mm. if that makes sense. Like your voice doesn't change so much after a period of time, unless you damage it or unless you try like different styles and different techniques or whatever. But yeah, no, I have lost my voice plenty of times, especially like early touring, early, early touring, going to Europe for the first time. I'm, I'm sure there was a show or two. I didn't lose my voice, but it just it wasn't 100% there. Um, but yeah, I just see it as a learning curve to be 100% honest with you, I never, I don't put myself down too hard for it,
0: but. Well, that's the thing, it is, and it's, and it's an instrument, and you're learning to train that instrument as you're going along, so, now, with, with the start of the band, it was around 2012, now, am I correct in thinking, you guys were still in high school at that stage, were you?
1: Um, yeah, it was actually 2011. 2011, wow. Yeah, 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 it was, um, the band, actually, funny story, um, the band was actually around before I was in it. So oh. used to be our the original drummer, Morgan Cato, um, Doyle used to play guitar. And then who else is it? Oh, Ben. Like Ben, the guy who's – our bassist now is actually an older member than me. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he um, – they used to be like kind of like a rock band kind of thing. They used to like cover Tenacious D, System of the Down, um, I think they tried out like a singer and I, I don't know if it worked out. I think they tried out a couple of people and then me and the drummer Morgan, like we were heaps tight, we're pretty tight mates now to be 100% honest with you. But, um, he's heaps tight mates in high school. Cause me and him used to be like the two emos kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, he like we used to share like music dude like have you seen this band have you, you know this 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 and uh and then one day i just told him i was look man like I, i've been trying to sing at home and whatever and then one day he just like hey dude you know do you want to come to a prac like we've been we've been thinking about doing like a little bit heavier music you know but back then heavier was like bull for my valentine to tray you like that type of stuff and then yeah and that was 2011 but the band i actually watched justice for the damned play at a primary school in like
0: 2010 or something jeez now i mean at 16 um around Mm -hmm. that age you guys uh you know you're getting out there i mean you're playing Mm -hmm. understandably they're all ages shows
1: but Mm -hmm. you
0: guys were ticking a lot of the boxes you know you were playing with um i think there was like dream on dreamer in hearts wake storm the sky um What was that period like, that first, you know, year or so? Was it very much learning as you go or was it just give it all and whatever happens, happens? It was
1: actually those shows, um, this is where the miscommunication of the origin of of the band actually occurs. And this is why, like, when people say, like, how old is the band, I'll say officially it's 2011, but unofficially it feels like 2013, if that makes sense. Like, all of those shows actually occurred um 2013 onwards it was okay first it was more like we're in high school battle of the bands um like playing like 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 with like heaps of different genres like with death metal shows or like jazz shows really anything we would get on because at the time being 16 i mean we used to go to local shows but we weren't really like in the know Mm mm-hmm I mean, so it was it was a lot more difficult back then, and then um, I actually became really good mates with a guy called um, David sloma Still a good friend now, and then uh, he was like, "Dude, our band should like play a show together." And then we—that's kind of how we gatewayed in, really. Um, but yeah, so it but to answer your question though, um, playing with those bands at an early age, like I don't I don't even know if I was 18 yet because I was early. Um, For my year Mm -hmm. It was pretty mental Man, it was pretty pretty sick Like it was really, really cool And and back then Those bands were like Our favourite bands You know what I mean It was like Four, five years ago Like it was was sick It was was unreal really Um, But Touring Wasn't exactly Part of the schedule yet
0: No And those bands At that time Were Very big In the local scene So Those would have felt like To you guys um, Understandably Would have felt like An international support In a way
1: yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. You're not wrong in any way. Yeah,
0: and you were you part of the band when you guys dropped that first EP? Um, was it is it called Capoth? Capthone Kings?
1: Oh, Capthone uh, Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was. Yeah, yeah. I was. And I then I'm pretty sure that EP is wiped off the internet unless yeah. there's like a I've dark got web. I've got yeah, it. I've got nice. it. Nice,
0: but I can't pronounce that for shit. I yeah, yeah.
1: Copthorne Kings. It was a hotel I stayed in Singapore.
0: Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now, in 2014, around that period, um, mm-hmm. I think that's when you guys really started to. Uh, it's it's a difficult thing to right. say, but you become yeah. known really, and you become becoming yes, yes. who you are, and yeah. you dropped probably one of the most sonically destroying EPs I've heard in a long time, Black Volume <laughs> 1. Um, yeah, yeah. How did your sound come as it was on that first EP or second EP, technically? Was it something you aimed for or it just happened?
1: Um, I, I definitely think it's a little bit of the two. I definitely feel like it, it did kind of just happen, but we at the same time, we did have a, a very big vision for... Um, like the the boys in the band at the time, most of them are still in now. Like we, we didn't we didn't want to be like pinned down exactly to to a specific genre. If, if that mm. makes sense, yeah. We had very very obvious influences. Like um, probably one of our biggest influences for that release, which is kind of funny. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but um, was actually Hate by Vida's Murder. Yes. Yeah, at that time, we like when we were in the studio. We want we we talk to Clayton. We'd be like, we want this to sound like this, <laughs> and it would just be, hey, you know what I mean. Um. Um. But yeah, we did have it was it was definitely like a the word deathcore wouldn't really come up. I don't think we really thought about it that way. Now that I'm older, I realize that it was. But um, it was definitely a lot of um death metal and, like, hardcore influence, we wanted to really fuse the two. Yeah, you see, I, I
0: would say it more, sounds more like blackened hardcore, really. Yes,
1: correct. That's what we would say as well, yeah.
0: And it was definitely something that wasn't, I mean, it was on an international scale, you could find bands, but you were one of the very few in Australia doing that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, and am I right in thinking that when you first released it or when you did, it was free mm-hmm. on Bandcamp? Yeah, it
1: yeah yeah i think it still is i don't know
0: what was the decision behind that i mean a lot of bands don't want to go through the whole money and process and then go yeah we don't want to try and get that back why make it free
1: well at the time to be hundred um, 100 honest with you we didn't really see ourselves as like a band that would sell anything
0: oh, okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so like we we just recorded and we were like sick we got to get this out there we got to play shows We did the music video and we're like this is this is the record. This is the EP. We just wanted everyone to hear it. Um, and like at the time as well, I, I do remember that at our level back then, that was kind of like the thing. Mm-hmm. Like heath local bands were just recording like demos, getting a mix and mastered somewhere, or just recording and just releasing it for free. And and we did it too. Now now it's funny to us how you actually say that because when I think about it now, it's like what the fuck, but. <laughs> <laughs> But um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was it was free, yeah, yeah, it was totally. Free. I'm pretty sure the single before was free. That was free.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, Paramount. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah Paramount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and, uh,
0: in this yeah. time after this EP drops, um, mm-hmm. you guys were you know constantly grinding, playing shows. Did mm-hmm. you start seeing a response at shows? Did it feel like you were making traction? Like making? Yes, rounds?
1: it definitely did. Um, It was A big difference To be 100% honest with you One really cool thing was uh, Doing the blacklisted music video Mm -hmm. That helped heaps um, As well And yeah The the answer to that question Would be a hard yes Yeah
0: Now around that time You guys started doing merch too Now Mm -hmm. You guys have always been Smart with your merch I mean you guys Mm -hmm. And then I think bands like Alpha Wolf are the same um, Mm -hmm. You seem to have a vision um, that you want to portray with your merch. Correct. You're not yeah. doing this a day to remember, bright, fluorescent colors. <laughs> you know, there's none of that. There's a vision yeah. with it. Now, has that always been the aim?
1: Um, uh, I deal with all of our merch and, and all the merchandise or whatever, personally, myself, and I work heaps closely with uh, – I only work with two designers, really, these days. I try and keep my circle small. Um but uh it i not I wouldn't say it's been the vision the whole time mm. but for for a very long time it was once like the ball started rolling, like I started getting more and more ideas and and I explained it to the boys and and they were all about it, and um, I really took it on from there, like these days I like doing like a a line each season, and I like. I don't know. It's very picky. I, I get it from a lot of different brand, brands that I, I personally like. Mm-hmm. Like The new range, I like putting Autumn Winter 2018. So like in three, four years' time, like someone who has this shirt, they put it on and it was – it really – it doesn't – it's not like, a, as you said, it's not like a day to remember bright in your face thing, but just real subtle. It just says AW18. And if anyone knows, they know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they know that that shirt's from Autumn Winter 2018 and – I don't know, it's something that's snowballed, snowballed, sorry, it's not really, I didn't think about it two years ago and go, hmm.
0: It's worked, but it's worked out, I think it's something that, you yeah. know, it's people see it and, you know, like you guys have done, some shirts just say justice, I mean, that's just yeah. spot on, it just does the thing. Yeah. Now, around, I think the time that... Um, I think people started to really pay attention, it seemed like, from a media perspective and everything, was around the time you guys picked up Invasion Fest and then that rolled into around, or before that, there was the Ruin Repair EP. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah,
0: cool. And then you're picking up bigger shows, bigger shows, and then you get on Unify mm-hmm. <laughs> and like from what i mean i wasn't there that year but from what it looked like you guys were probably one of the biggest supported local bands i mean how did you how did unify come about and you're still tripping over that i mean that 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 happened i'm
1: 100 honest with you yeah yeah we we, sometimes we bring it up and we still kind of can't believe it like it's it's pretty insane to think about um but uh back then um it used to be managed and taken care of by a guy called uh, Gab, Gabriel Cacas. Mm. he's one of the best mates, best friends for life. Love him to death. And he, he he was a real big advocate for justice. He had so much faith in us and, and like loving for it forever. And um and one day <laughs> I get this phone call and he's just fucking yelling. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on? And he's like, We got a uniform and he like so freaking out. I actually like I want to answer you 100%. Honestly, I, I don't know how it came about. I don't know if he just sent an email or... I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe he sent an email, they showed interest and saw that we were doing stuff and, and put us on. So
0: You also yeah. you also at that time dropped a single that didn't make its way onto the debut album. Um,
1: yeah. Deep yeah, Rotting sure. Fear.
0: Yeah. Oh, what a fucking track. Um, yeah. <laughs> why isn't that on the album?
1: Um, it's a very, very big mix of things. So, first of all, I know the boys wanted to keep it as like a standalone. Mm-hmm. We feel like it's stand its own ground as well. And also, we really, really respect Kurt Blue and the mix that like Kurt Blue mm-hmm. did. So, we didn't want to redo the song and un. No, I don't want to say undo, but kind of like undo his mix, if that makes sense. Like, we really yeah. appreciate what he did and what he does, for that matter. So.
0: You didn't think um, about throwing it just in the end, or did you think it would then stand too much out from the
1: rest? Um, no, we 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 brought it up, and then we we're like, no.
0: Nah. Yeah, that's a good choice, though. It's a it's yeah. a sick choice. Now, obviously, I've just mentioned the debut album, um, mm-hmm. "Drag Through the Dirt." How did you line up and get organised with Ash Hull and Grayscale Records? How'd that come about?
1: So, whew, that's, I'm just trying to rejog. Um, Ashar, so Ash the man himself, take the man himself. Yeah, he's been um taking care of us. I mean, he takes care of a lot of people, to be honest. But he he's been taking care of us, helping us out for a long, long, long time. He he was um he is slash was our booking agent back then, mm-hmm. and um. I think he messaged me and then he messaged the boys and we went on to Skype. I don't remember what it was, but I remember he hit me up and he was like, Hey dude. Um, Oh no, sorry. We did. Please don't leave me first.
0: The yes. Single. Yes. The music yeah, video we were
1: doing that. We, we sent him the pre pro or something. Uh, I don't remember. It, I don't know the order. I don't remember the order of when it all happened. Cause to be honest, it all happened real fast. um, and uh, he was like, "Look, man, uh, keep us on a down low, but I'm actually thinking of starting a record label, and I'd love Justice to be one of the first bands." Cool. And then, like, at this moment in our, uh, I guess, career, like the the word record label was like almost unspoken. You know what I mean? So when mm-hmm. Asher was like, "I'm thinking about starting a record label, and I want you to be on it," we all like holy fuck, dude, like, yeah, 100%. He, he talked about it more, and then we then a couple of months later, we talked about it more, and then we did the single with Sam Basal and then we sent it to him, and he was like, fuck, yeah, and then it all kind of just snowballed from there, and then, yeah, yeah. So he actually contacted us before the label became a thing.
0: Wow. Now, that album, I mean, have you guys – Felt um, any more pressure and expectation now because you guys are one of those bands now, um, whether you guys know it or not, that is so widely talked about, and you're one of those that they say is about to blow up. Um, yeah. Do you do you feel that? Do you how does that make you feel like as a band?
1: Uh, personally, it makes me stress as fuck, but <laughs> as as a band I don't know <laughs> <laughs> is it what, what, makes he, other <laughs> what,
0: what makes you What makes Is it the worry of um, it's just, Failing It's or? what you
1: said really It was it, It's just the pressure I don't I don't really ever think about failure But mm. um, just, just the pressure just, I know we have to put in the Heaps of hard work And I feel like the content That we do have Is Better Um but it's still like there's so many like so many things that come into releasing an album mm-hmm. you know what i mean so many things that we didn't know at the time and now that we know um i'd love to conquer before doing or I, i'd love to do better or things I'd change and and like knowing that it kind of makes me excited like anxious excited it's a whole different range of feelings i don't even know how to feel i just like i yeah, but I do I do feel the pressure on a personal level because, yeah, I, I just do. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to answer that question because there's so many emotions that come through my mind when someone brings it up.
0: No, so I, think I, you, I think you've answered it yeah. spot on. And, I mean, is, is part of that now that you guys can – I mean, you've done a few shows recently this year that you can now be classified as a headliner on your own account?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, we can. It's pretty – Pretty cool to say. I've never been able to say that before, I guess, yeah. Fucking sick. You
0: you tip your cap to that. I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean, you guys have been grinding at it. And do you feel that you're starting to maybe reap the rewards of working hard?
1: What do you mean by that, though?
0: I I mean, one of the things I think not a lot of bands do that you guys do is play a show no matter what when you started out you guys were playing shows as you said and yeah, yeah. it's that thing of like the harder you work the success you gain shows from that work so you kind of you're earning the position and the pressure that you're getting now
1: yeah i guess yeah i guess in that case we are does
0: that make sense
1: uh, kind well, of. yeah it does make sense yeah yeah
0: and you hit europe yeah wow i um I was in England at the time, and oh. wow! I did uh, you come to show? Yes.
1: Oh really? Which one?
0: Um, London.
1: Oh, electric. Um, With was electric born?
0: Yes, correct. Yeah, it that was, was massive. Yeah. Now, <laughs> the reception you were getting there. I mean, was did you expect anything like that, or did you kind of go in with "all right, this we've got to win over this crowd"?
1: Bit of both, because um, on, on the tour, like uh, everyone on the bus was was kind of like, "all right, boys, this is the one." Like you know what <laughs> I mean? Like there's press, biggest room is a capital city. Oh, is it capital city? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is right. I didn't get yeah. that wrong. Yeah, no, yeah, you didn't yeah. get
0: that wrong. Like it's
1: <laughs> the big one. Like it, they were like, this is the one, and it was. It was kind of like exhilarating. Like it was. It was huge. And then like, I just we just took advantage of it because to be 100 honest with you, getting thrown into Europe was uh, career changing. Like mm. not exactly on paper, but us as musicians or as performers, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, for after the first show, we all kind of just looked at each other and we were all like, like, fuck, like, this is, like, real life. Like, we, there's no slacking around. And, and then yeah, so that's why at that point of the tour, because that show sat in the middle, we were already all, like, so mentally prepared.
0: You guys you know put I mean? on a so, 10 out of 10 that day. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, it was... I think what's even more heartwarming is um, from a, you know, a fan's perspective who's Australian in that crowd was, you know, you know they are, are going to be given the reception they get. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was amazing to see that I think as many English fans were psyched to see you guys because they know, you know, what you've done. You're kind of like, oh, this is the up and coming. And... Fuck, they went sick. I mean, they went apeshit. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was like having you guys playing a Sydney show.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty mental. Yeah, it was, it was sick. I actually remember that show very specifically. It was, it was really good.
0: It's sick. Now, a couple more questions, and then we, we wrap up with a final segment. One I've got to ask is, um, apart from the Polaris tour coming up, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. on the horizon for the year?
1: Um, show, show, shows. A lot of things in the air. Ooh. And by a lot of things, it kind of means everything. <laughs> <laughs> so everything you can think of is on paper, but not ticked off yet. If that makes sense, like everything is unofficially there, but nothing is officially there, and it'll be all be done by the end of 2018.
0: Oh, that's such a tease. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I like that's that. That's the best way to put it. Ooh, that that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice.
1: If we actually have confirmed anything properly, I, I would have told you.
0: No, Maybe. no, I love that. That actually, that's even better. That's a perfect tease. That's, that's... <laughs> oof. Now, wanted to ask your opinion on, always like to ask this with Australian bands. Um, wh- where do you see our scene at the moment? Um, not only with bands but also with attendances, where do you see? Do you see we're in uh, kind of a strong position or do you see we're in a low position at the moment?
1: Um, I do not see ourselves, by ourselves, I mean the Australian local young scene. I do not, I never really ever have seen the scene as, like, going under or below or people say like metal is dead or just like just really really negative shit (laughs) that i just hear and see like i I honestly feel like it's completely wrong
0: Mm.
1: um of course you have bands that phase in and phase out uh, but maybe if some people actually took the time to go to a local show that they're not really that much of a fan of Mm. They'd, they'd see a lot of fresh, fresh, fresh faces. Yeah. And um, in a, in, a, in a, according to attendance, the only thing I'd say that has changed is the location of the shows,
0: ah, not okay the attendance. Yeah, well put.
1: Because my first ever local show was um, St. John's Church, Sutherland. It was buried in Verona, um, headline, um that was that was literally the first ever local show that I went to. um and ever since then that's that's kind of when I fell in love with the local scene. there's this really actually this funny thing that um the singer of his name's Jesse, singer of Six year Guns. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw him when they came to australia like, uh, uh, when was it a couple months ago, I think um and he was like, <laughs> he's like when i when I speak to a couple, they say like, how do you guys know you know that you guys are in love and they're like we just knew like we just like we just knew like we just fell in love and then he says when i worked walked into my first hardcore show i was like i just knew like i just knew i was in love with like local hardcore and shit and, and when he said that i was like same like yeah like you put it perfectly correct um it's like amen yeah yeah exactly right yeah i think i started clapping at the moment no one else was <laughs> um and um and, and, yeah, so I, I don't – I never, ever – because growing up, as the band grew, I was going to more shows or whatever, and I used to go to local shows when, when Justice really wasn't a thing back many, many years ago. And, and, and no, I'd, I'd say it's been really, really consistent. I mean, so you have people that come in, come out. People have life, man, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some people go shows like four years – they go to uni for three years, and then they're like, "Fuck, I'm done with uni. Let's go to shows." Or like, it happens, man. Like people, but people like to whinge. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: it's the keyboard warrior society. Yeah. Now, yeah. last question before I do my final segment is oh. lyrics. Mm-hmm. You're always personal. It's always very introspective and honest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you started writing lyrics, or even now when you're writing lyrics. Is, is it ever been something – is it something you struggle with or is it something that's easy to do? Because it can't be easy putting yourself out there um, through a song to let everybody hear. Um, mm-hmm. How do you find it writing lyrics?
1: So just to clarify first up, mm-hmm. actually, uh, I don't actually write all of the lyrics.
0: Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's actually um, me and Nick or Nick and I, I should say, especially with Drag Through the Dirt. mm mm-hmm. Um, him and i spent a lot of time on the album mm-hmm. um, a lot of mental capacity as well um, and he actually wrote i'd say i i, I want to say he wrote i'd say about 80 percent 85 percent of the lyrics and the reason why i'd Potentially say he wrote less is only because I edited a few things and I changed a few things and we used a couple of old songs. Oh, he used one old song. Sorry, uh, had a couple of lines, but majority, even 90% was was him. But I, I did. I don't want to say overshadow, but he'd send them to me. I'd edit through. We get a grasp of the song. And then we'd go from there. A couple of tracks were actually like 100% him. Walked into the studio and he goes, this goes like this. And I was like, cool. And to be 100% honest, it's it's a little bit relevant to your question because at that moment in my life, I had um, a real big blank.
0: Oh, you had writer's block.
1: I had a huge, huge, huge writer's block to the point where I couldn't write anything for months. And I, I actually came to the point where I sent him a message and I was like, look, dude, I can't write a thing. Like, I'd literally written, like, two lines, delete it, and i just repeat every day.
0: Fuck, that would have been but, hard.
1: Yeah, it was. It seriously was, like, hugely was um, difficult. But then I, I gave it to him. He took it on board. He did it all. But at the same time, um, him and I, like, I don't, I don't like saying the word produced, but I worked with him heaps on in regards to everything else except the vocals before we went to the studio, like songwriting, writing songs, um, doing some... I, I don't actually play an instrument, but him and I have this really great connection where I can just, like, mumble a riff and he will just play it perfectly how I envision it. Wow.
0: So does and, it, do you find yeah. it hard? I mean, this is an running on from what you just said. Is it... Yeah. um How do you find performing other people's lyrics are you able to bring out a connection to those lyrics or are you just like in the moment and you just kind of go with the flow how do you how do you do it
1: uh it's a little bit of a little bit of both but not so much go with the flow I I, I really feel like as much as it does doesn't show um, me and Nick have like we're kind of on the same wavelength mm-hmm like we can't, we get along. We've been friends for years. Um, even though, like, I'm like, as I said, if you pay attention to social media, like, I don't hang out with him at all. But I, I like, we're definitely like connected in some form of way. I, I can't really explain. It. And he just explains his story, and I just get it. And I, I can, I can bring it out. And if, yeah, that's it. We just, I guess the simple way of putting it is that him and I get along. We've been friends for so long. Like, him and I, like, they came to a point a very, very long time ago when one of the members actually left the band. This was um, just before we were doing the album, I'm pretty sure. Was it? Might have been. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, this is when Deep Ronnie Fear dropped. Sorry. Okay. He yeah. came up to me. He came up to me, and um, I, I was we were playing a show Radbar with Polaris, actually. And he came up, and he came to the car, and he's like, look, man. And he's like, I think this is going to happen. If it happens... Are you ready to do this with me? Like you me. Like you ready? Like you you got like you still good to do? And I was like, Fuck yeah, bro. Like you and me to the end, bro. Like and then Yeah, let's let's see. And then that's when we got Chaz, I'm pretty sure. Holy fuck, am I fucking this up? No, 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 not fucking no. up. Yeah, that's when we got Chaz, and he played in a band called um, uh, countdown Armageddon And he uh, uh, yes. Within 21 days Drove down And moved to Sydney Just to play And that's when we did The first Invasion Fest And that's when Everything started rolling Fuck that's dedication. occasion Yeah Yeah he, Yeah <laughs> Fuck Yeah It is. Yeah,
0: that yeah. also sounds like it, it, There is that brotherhood There that you have And that's Obviously, it translates in the music and why it's such a strong unit. Despite be- people bowing out for personal reasons or life moving on, you guys mm-hmm. are still a solid band. So that's yeah. that's good to hear too. Um, yeah. Now, I do my final segment, which is called "Pick Your Poison." So okay. it's kind of "Would You Rather," basically. Okay. Now, just realize with each one, this is the mm-hmm. uh, you have to pick. This one item for the rest of your life. So it's out of either. Okay. 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 All right. So we'll start off. Pizza or burger? (laughs) Not easy. None of these are easy. None of these are easy.
1: Uh, If you look at my social media, you're 100% going to be burger. But fuck. I actually had this funny chat with my girlfriend, like, I swear, two days ago about how much pizza I've been eating. (laughs) And how, like, pizza's slowly becoming, like, my favorite fast food.
0: Pizza is God, in my opinion.
1: Fuck. Um, mm, 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 mm. Did he's the people? Who are people going to message me about this? But I'm actually going to pick pizza. No,
0: nice. Okay. Yes, yeah. Try yeah. But if
1: you pay attention to all my social media, you wouldn't believe me.
0: Yeah, I know. I noticed you like your food, so that's. I thought yeah. the first few would be a bit of a struggle. I thought so. Next one is chicken or beef. Ah. Uh, um. Chicken. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cinema or on the couch?
1: Oh, cinema, bro. Holy fuck! Yeah. I'm going to movies tonight. Oh, what would you say? Oh, Depple two. Any good? No, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's supposed yeah, to be yeah. sick. It's supposed to be yeah. sick. I don't. Hopefully. I don't doubt it. Um, what have we got? Cooking or eating out?
1: Fuck. Oh, that's. <laughs> Oh, 'cause <laughs> um, no, cuz me and my girlfriend have been cooking away more in the last like, few months and I love it so fuck <laughs> um i'm going to say eating home cuz you save cash but then no but then if you eat out you don't need to clean up
0: yeah
1: Oof. no i'm going to say eat out
0: <laughs> okay good answer good answer yeah. next one is cat or dog
1: a uh, dog I I have no explanation I, I have a German Shepherd He's he's my boy oh, What's his name? Uh, Chief
0: Yeah, fuck yeah Yeah, go the dogs yeah. I've got three So, dogs, nice. dogs nice. forever um, Slayer or Pantera?
1: I um, actually never got into both But I got into <gasps> Pantera more So I'll say Pantera
0: Okay um, What do we got? Terminator or Predator?
1: Fuck, dude <laughs> Man, because I... I like – I don't like every movie of either, you know what I mean? Like, I think some some of each is average as. Yeah, they are. i choose um, – uh, um, oh, shit, sorry. I think someone's home, excuse me. Oh, uh, cool. Um, I'm going to have to choose – actually, I want to pick um, Predator. Because Ooh. I think the new Terminator was average ass. I mean I love Terminator, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love I- 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 Terminator and I watched it all growing up, but I I really didn't like the new one.
0: Yeah, it was pretty shit. There's yeah. a new there's a new Predator on the way as well. So Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I saw the the teaser trailer thing a couple days ago.
0: I don't know. It looks okay. I don't know either, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Just, but if you play, um I don't know if you ever played um the Playstation four game Ghost Recon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, the Wildlands edition, like the the newer one, that there, there's a Predator like like Easter egg DLC thing where like when once you finish the game or when you get to the end of the game, I think you can um you you have like a Predator comes to your map and oh. like you have to like try and kill it, and it's, if you do it by yourself, it's fucking hard. Fuck, I gotta Yeah, I gotta... so that was sick actually. But anyway, yeah, so I got Predator just because I didn't like the new terminal.
0: Beach or snow.
1: Um, I'd probably say beach, beach, beach. Yeah, beach, beach. I love I love going to the beach. I love the snow too, but no, nah, I'd say beach.
0: Now, this one should be easy because you kind of gave a hint of what it would be. PS4 or Xbox?
1: Not oh, PS4. Yeah.
0: Down, um, down but I don't,
1: I don't have anything against Xbox. I think, you know, the whole like age-old rivalry, I think it's just egos.
0: I think it's dead nowadays. I don't think it exists anymore. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely when I was a lot younger. But yeah, yeah, you're not wrong.
0: We've got a couple left. Mm-hmm. These ones should be easy, I think. Star Wars mm-hmm. or Star Trek?
1: Star Wars. I just never got into Star Trek, but I didn't like the new one. But
0: yeah, I didn't either. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't like, I didn't like what they did with Luke. And like, I just don't like. You know when he that part when he just, just milks the thing and just drinks it and just looks. It was weird. Dude, it was, like, what are you like? What? Oh. I I'll get
0: it, but oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this one would be an interesting one because some people don't know wrestling. So, Undertaker or Kane?
1: Um, I'm just gonna Google <laughs> Undertaker or who's the other one?
0: Kane, K N K A N E. They're both the monster wrestlers.
1: They are K A N E.
0: Where would we be without Google?
1: I'm probably just going to pick Kane because I think his mask is fucking sick. He looks like he'd been Slipknot.
0: Yes, good answer. So, Best fucking yeah. answer. And yeah. last last two, mm-hmm. CD or digital?
1: I actually collect CDs. I'm oh. not going to lie to you. But I, I use Spotify and, and iTunes like every day as well. But my car... Actually, um doesn't have an aux cable, so I actually buy heaps of CDs.
0: Oh, I just fell in love. With you, I collect yeah. CDs. I'm, I'm yes, mad I don't have a big
1: collection. I'm not going to say, uh, like, I'm not going to talk sh- it send up. You a photo. I don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to talk it up. Yeah, but definitely, um definitely, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. Mm, sick. And last it's one: good. touring or recording?
1: Oh man, they're both great environments, man. Fuck. Um, I would definitely say touring. I love performing. You know what I mean? I, I love doing the whole performance part. And um, I don't, if, once you go to Europe, man, dude, touring. Fuck yeah, definitely. Even if it's in a van and you're sleeping in your shithole, <laughs> or you get a cramp, or yeah, like I'd, I'd honestly choose that over doing the record. But doing the record's great, though. There's nothing wrong with the record, but yeah definitely touring yeah it's
0: the best well that's the end man that's fuck legend thanks for um taking time out really really appreciate no, it man um sick
1: not a problem man not a problem my pleasure thanks for having me dude
0: so that was my chat with Bobak of Justice for the Damned thank you so much dude for taking time out for the Mosh Zone. really appreciated it great chat great opportunity for the Mosh Zone. and as I've said in previous weeks and as I've said earlier in this show Make sure you get behind your local talent. And without a doubt, Justice for the Damned are one of the best in the country. So make sure you're getting online. Make sure you're getting down to the CD store. Make sure you're following them on social medias. And that is The Mosh Zone, episode 20, volume 20, week 20, done and dusted. Yeah, that's it. We're done for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I hope you had a great time. If you're a regular listener, thank you again for tuning in. Really enjoyed putting this show together and hope you enjoyed listening. And of course, if you've got the free time this week, help us out. Share the podcast on your Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Help us spread the word about the show. Help us get this show out to more people. Really appreciate anyone that is able to take time out, spread it, help us. It doesn't go unnoticed. We are forever grateful and forever thankful. And that is it. We will see you next week for episode 21. Stay safe. Have a great week. Open the purse.